Hey, Tony, I like video games. Well, hello there, Jake. I like video games, too. And this is a brand new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game. Ha. A little snappy, a little, a little jingle, if you will. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You could. <laughs> How you doing, Jake? I'm doing pretty well. Um, Excuse the audio quality, dear listeners. I am recording remote from my future in-laws house in San Diego. Uh, so I don't have my standard recording equipment with me. Uh, so just uh, apologies uh, there. I know my crisp, beautiful voice won't won't be as pronounced in your ears as usual, but we're still making it work because we cannot wait to do this episode of the podcast to talk about video games with one another and yeah talk about what we've been playing so what have we been what have we been playing tony uh so i i've played a i've played a bunch of stuff but there, there's two things in particular i want to talk about uh the first uh for the king winner of uh best multiplayer experience of 2020 mm-hmm. um that got some dlc the lost civilization dlc in fact uh, it adds a new map that's really super fun and adds like a bunch of good variety to it. Uh, they added a shit ton of items to the mm-hmm. game as well, which makes all the other modes and maps way better. More variation, more uh, stuff for your runs. Uh, two new classes, which are all very interesting and amazing uh, in their own way. Uh, I think I kind of think the astronomer is a little OP at times, but that's great. I, w- I would rather have a character that slays than uh, is underpowered. In um, that game, sometimes it just feels nice to have some advantage. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the the astronomer's like passive ability is that like randomly it will just straight up kill an enemy. <laughs> It'll just kill it sucks them into a black hole and then it drops a like a special item that gives you like um a barrier uh which is really it's really that's pretty good, good. that it's sounds really pretty good, good. um uh, i th- that game's great anybody who's listening to this podcast if you if you haven't bought for the king yet i mean what are you doing yeah it's, if we haven't told you enough it's, it's times so to play that game please do it's so good. And the DLC, like the fact that this DLC is like kind of exactly what I wanted really makes me feel good about like the potential for like other, you know, future DLC, like more additional DLCs or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever a sequel could look like for this game. Um, but man, it's, it's good. I really like it. Um, they've been really communicative on their discord too, about like bug fixes and stuff like that. So it's, it's good to see. It's, uh, I love, I love to see that game doing well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other game, the other game that I played. Speaking of games that I would love to see do well, um, so I played this game called Wide Ocean Big Jacket. Um, it's, this, it's this neat little thing. Um, it's it's like one of those like kind of like walking simulators. More like it's it's. I have a hard time calling this a video game. It's more like an experience. But like here, here's the description. A camping story starring Uncle Brad, Aunt Chloanne, Mord, and Ben. Um, it's <laughs> it's a very interesting. Um, it's it's like a movie almost. Like it's a coming of age story where Mord, who's like a quirky young girl, and her boyfriend Ben, who is um, you know kind of a nerd, uh, uh, they go on a camping trip with the with Uncle Brad and Aunt Chloanne, who are like. I don't know, maybe mid thirty year old, maybe forty. They probably mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, 
taking these kids camping and it's it's just interesting it's like it's very very interesting um very funny dialogue very naturalistic dialogue like you really get a uh, strong sense of each of the characters from the dialogue and that's that's really all this game is is just a bunch of kind of text boxes with some you know interesting set pieces and really good music um mm-hmm. but it's it's more of like a tone and a vibe kind of game um it, it was like maybe two hours to play okay. through. Like Christy and I played it as like a movie night, basically. Yeah. Like I saw it on the, the Nintendo eShop for like a couple of bucks. Like it was less than, it was like $5 or less. So I was like, fuck it. Like that's, that's about the same as renting a movie on Amazon. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like let's give this a shot. And we had a great time with it. It was, it was fun. It was a fun little experience. Um, so yeah, it, I did a really bad job explaining what this game is, but like, there's there's not much to explain. It's it's kind of just jump into it. It's it's not hard to play. You just kind of experience this game and have a fun time with it. Um, Wide ocean, big jacket. That's what that one's called. All right, it's great. Jake, it's great. It's great. Is uh, it good? It's great. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty so, it's like really goofy. It's like a really it's a really goofy like. It's 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 just like it's just an experience. Like remember that what was that game that we played on stream oh, where you Jesus. like sat in a car to well, like over precariously the cliff? placed on a cliff? Yeah, I forget what that one was called. Do you fall Jesus. off the edge in that? Far from noise. <laughs> Far from noise. Ah. No, we don't fall off the edge. I'm pretty sure. Um, but it, it feels like that. But there is there's more gameplay. Like you do kind of walk around a bit. Um, mm-hmm. There is like kind of mini games in there, but. But anyways, Wide Ocean Big Jacket, really fun uh, experience. Uh, speaking of fun experiences, Jake and I are both participating oh, yeah. in a very interesting Pokemon experience yep. starting tomorrow. Um, what we're calling this is it's a Nuzlocke race or like a Nuzlocke competition. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Nuzlocking is a way of playing a Pokemon game where you have permadeath and you have a lot of um it's it's strict rules that you place on playing a game of pokemon that make um make it a little more strategic a little more random and a lot more challenging Mm -hmm. um so so yeah we're doing this doing this race so basically what we did was uh, we created a ROM that randomizes all the Pokemon in it. So like we have randomized starters, we have random Pokemon that we run into uh, like encounters uh, within the game. So uh, all the people that are taking part of this race will have, you know, different, not different starters. We, uh, we all have the same three starters, but they're different than um, the original game. Right. And, and we're doing then, this in uh, Fire Red. Yeah, we're doing it in Fire Red. Yeah, so um, all of our Pokemon encounters are going to be different, though. Like, th- that's going to be totally different. So we'll all have kind of different, completely different experiences in terms of, like, what Pokemon we encounter. Yeah. All of the trainer battles are randomized. It's going to be so nuts to see how it develops differently for people. Because just... I don't want to say, like, just, but, like, having the encounters and Pokemon appearances randomized, I think, is, like, a very controlled randomized setting. Like, the items are still going to be consistent. Like, you can't learn 
moves that are impossible with your Pokemon. They're still going to have, like, the normal ability. So it's, like, a grounded randomizer. But, like, still so much so that everybody who does this is going to have a wickedly different team. Yes, exactly. Um, so the the part where the competition uh, comes in or the race comes in is uh, we have, I think, nine people taking part in this. And we're all starting around the same time uh, tomorrow, playing for a month. Uh, the first person to beat the Elite Four to get to that Hall of Fame screen uh, with... I mean, it's not the first person to get there. It's the person with the lowest in-game time. Yeah. Right. So if I ch- like if I was busy for the first week of this race and I didn't start till next week, it doesn't necessarily matter because I might be able to string together a run that is faster than everybody else mm-hmm. um, to get to that elite four. So it it's going to be a very interesting uh, race portion like <laughs> of this competition. Mm-hmm. But then after that, we are going to transition <laughs> our teams from the ROM into Pokemon showdown and then have a, uh, a tournament between all the competitors, uh, with their random Nuzlocke teams and then, right. uh, battling it out to see who's the best. Uh, it's, and I think <laughs> the so battle style we decided so on was like Pokemon stadium rules where you have a team of six, you can see your opponent's team of six, and you pick three out of that to bring into the game. Yes, yes, that is that is how we are setting this up. So it's it's really like two competitions. It's like mm-hmm. who can get who can beat the elite for the fastest, and then who is the best, you know, fighter. Like who put together the best us. team? You know, who puts, yeah, right. Who who is who is the Pokemon master among Pokemon masters? You know. <laughs> um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be so interesting i i know i'm gonna suck i i know i know for a fact see but the thing with the randomizer is like there's still there's everybody's in it because you can just like get a good roll of the dice you can just like encounter like a lugia in, like when you leave pallet town and then like right there like your race is your runs off to a better start yeah yeah that's I am very curious to see um, everybody's kind of evolution mm-hmm. throughout. Um, we found we found this website that's like a Nuzlocke tracker yeah. that keeps track of every different um, every different location in the game, what Pokemon you caught there, what you named it, and then kind of what their status is. Like, are they in your party? Are they deceased? Are they in a box? You know, whatever you can kind of keep track of all that. And what I would love to do is have everybody like save that. And then like yeah, share. Yeah, I'm gonna do after, that after we're yeah. done. Yeah, it's this is such a cool, cool thing. And what we've been talking about is this is like a trial run. After this, we'll like we'll try to do it a couple times a year. But so this is still in the planning stages. But the winner of or the winners of the two different competitions, you know, the first to beat the Elite Four and then the Pokemon Showdown battle after. Um, they will be gym leaders. So they become <laughs> gym leaders and then they get to uh, make some decisions on the next iteration of this. Like whether that be, you know, changing rules or picking starters or, you know, picking the next game instead of doing Fire Red, let's say we do, you know, M- like um, Gen 4, or Gen 2 or something, you know. Uh, 
I think that's a really fun Absolutely. idea. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm so I'm so excited to start this, and I am so curious to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So what we'll end up doing is we might not be able to get another episode out of this show before we finish um, this whole competition, but we will stream the Pokemon Showdown uh, bracket mm-hmm. once we all wrap this up. Uh, so people can watch there and, and, and kind of see. I think it'd be fun to, you know, during that stream, people talk about their stories. Like, oh, what are, like, the cool things that happened in your run? Right. Um, or do, or do like, a segment on that afterwards or something. But uh, we'll because, figure like, that out. Especially in a Nuzlocke run, you get such personalized and, like, bonkers stories that come out of it. It is a very compelling way to play pokemon games i know that's like another thing that we've talked about on this podcast a whole lot is nuzlocking pokemon games but um it it makes it very fun and very engaging but indeed like very challenging too and with this being randomized um oh yeah (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be wild I, I just love the idea that we'll walk into Brock's gym and have no idea what the guy's carrying. Right, we're going like, to get in he, there and he's going to have like a Mewtwo might not even and all ha- of us are going to get stomped by him or something like that. <laughs> my, my biggest fear, because like it, it would be crazy to have Mewtwo like in an early gym, but like he won't be that strong then, right? My fear is that like fucking Lance or one of the like Elite Four gets a Mewtwo or some sort of legendary randomly and we're just like fucked <laughs> you know right uh, and with it being we, a race we, you don't want to spend too much time like grinding and over preparing because you gotta you gotta get you gotta get first place there you gotta like run through it it's uh right exactly exactly and and we're talking about instituting rules for like so we have rules built in that you know normally in a nuzlocke if you black out like if all of your pokemon get defeated in battle like that's your game over game over right? unless yeah. you have a more poke unless unless you have more pokemon in the box like that could be that's a game over for you right um we've built in rules into this so it's like uh there's like a checkpoint system like every time you get a badge that's a checkpoint so like you don't you'll be able to start over again from you know farther back you'll you'll be able to kind of replace that time but what we'll do is have a penalty for how many times you have to checkpoint and then add that to your in-game time to to make up for it if that makes sense you know yeah um, yeah this is certainly going to be a yeah like you were saying a test run of how to best run this and like put in like those time penalties and whatnot this is going to be like a learning experience for sure but i think the way that we've put it together there's been a lot of thought into this on our discord server and we've got a lot of people who know a lot about pokemon and a lot about nuzlocke um that are really like putting their minds together i think we've got some pretty good rules here yeah this this would be a cool thing I, i would love to make it like a uh an annual thing and get more people involved. Oh, so for sure. Um, stay tuned for more details on that. We need a we need a catchy name for it too, because like Nuzlocke Racer competition doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna think. Randomized gonna think Nuzlocke Fire Red Speed Race Gym Battle Extravaganza. <laughs> that see that rolls right off the top. It's easy. So... There we go. Make a good acronym out of that or something. <laughs> <laughs> um jake what have you been playing besides um staring at the rules for our our nuzlocke competition um so i have really only been playing one other game between podcasts and uh it is a 
very lengthy game, so I remember playing, but don't remember too much of uh, Bravely Default for the 3DS. Because I remember I got that game okay. um, like around when it launched, and mm. I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember if I finished it because there's like a weird like time loop thing at the end of that game. Anyway, it's a weird it's a weird game. It was pretty good, but um they came out they just launched, uh, released the second one, Bravely Default 2, and just having like those fond feelings towards the first one and um the game that we did play for the podcast, uh Reketeer, Reseteer, something tier, um did kind of get me in the the JRPG mood, so I picked up Bravely Default 2 and I've been playing a good amount of that. I think I have about 15 hours into it right now so i'm like pretty well into the game um you're through the tutorial yeah right (laughs) i think i think about like the like seven to ten hour mark in that game is when they really like turn you loose they're like okay really really don't have too much to teach you now like you can kind of go off on your own now so i'm into the part of the game where like i've been doing my own thing and I mean, it's solid. That game... Well, first of all, I think Bravely Default is probably uh, maybe the worst title for a video game ever. I hate saying it. I hate reading it. It sounds so dumb. I don't know why you would put the word default into your video, like, exciting video game title. So, like, the game title is a 0 out of 10. But the game itself is is very solid. It is a uh, no-frills, old-school jrpg like very much akin to the early final fantasy games is essentially i mean it's made by square enix it it has basically the exact same plot too where there's like crystals that you need to get from bad guys or else the world's gonna end which is i think the plot of final fantasies one through four so there's nothing right like really groundbreaking with the game um it's really it's major shtick is that uh like there's like there's a in combat, there's a brave and there's a default stance. So default is basically like you work defensively, you like store up actions, um, and then brave, you can basically string together moves. So you can do up to four actions in your turn. Um, but they take away um, like your pool of actions. So by defaulting, you gain one. By braving, you use one. Um, you know standard you get one action every time your turn rolls around so what you can do is you can like default a bunch to store up your actions and then like bop 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 use all your braves you get four actions in a in a turn and you can like really do you know major damage major buffs major healing whatever you need to do or you can basically like go into action debt like right off turn one bop 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 use all four of your actions and then your next three turns that roll around you're just recovering Mm. okay and can you and can you like shift it around too? Be like, I'll use two here and leave two and. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to use uh, four <clears throat> or zero. It can be any okay. any number in there. So it, it it's it's kind of a huh. a double edged sword in that it, for the more intensive battles, it is a very strategic resource to manage, and it makes the battle system pretty cool because the enemy can do it too. So it's something to take mm-hmm. into account there. The only. I think the biggest downside to it is it makes the standard encounters so much less compelling because like when you're just running into normal enemies, you're going to move first. You just bop together all four of your brave actions. You can just do standard attacks and you're going to like 90% of the time just 
wipe out all the enemies before they get a turn to move because it's very powerful to do that so i mean the nice thing is it makes the enemies visible in the overworld there's no random encounters um that's nice but it's still like you still like need to level up a bit um but it, it the battle system's good. It has like a good robust job system. Uh, you unlock jobs throughout. Get new passive abilities, new um, like actions, spells. Uh, you have a main job and a sub job. So it's 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 not it's not doing anything groundbreaking with an RPG, but it has like a good battle system, like a solid enough story, a nice aesthetic. It's 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 a very good game. It's like it's just like it's a good enough video game, and it's doing what I need to do, which is like a good sort of uh, you know stare at the screen, play for two hour stretches at a time JRPG with you know good yeah. progression, fun stuff. So I I do enjoy it. I'm going to you know continue playing it. We'll see if I I finish this one or if I drop off of it again. Um, but even so, like I've I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it. And if that if you're you know, hankering for one of those kinds of games, um, it's it's really gonna do it for you. Just um, try to look past the dumbest, stupidest fucking name for a video game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things about this series, and that maybe I will check this out, or, or at least put it on my watch list. And if it yeah, like I you know, gets cheap. Yeah, you know? if you're not like super gung ho about, it, I got it because I like I knew I was gonna be here i won't have my pc i don't have like my ps4 or anything like i just have my switch right and my laptop so i i knew that like i wanted a, a good time consuming switch game for being here and it is exactly perfect for that if it weren't for that exact situation there was no way i would have spent 60 dollars on that video game <laughs> yeah 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 so gotcha. but like it's again like it's just my initial reaction is you know hey i like that game like maybe like a six out of ten it's not gonna knock your socks off but you're gonna i'm, I'm having a good time playing it um and that's gotcha. you know those those games are good too not everything needs to be a 10 out of 10 uh not everything is needs to be shitty <laughs> not everything needs to be final fantasy 14 <laughs> wow wow yeah, still taking shots at it <laughs> <laughs> infamous the, the <laughs> hatred is infamous at this point <laughs> um all right well well i think that that'll do it for the up top portion uh when we come back from the break we're going to talk about reset tier and item shop's tail uh and we'll talk with my good buddy race And we're back. Welcome, guys, to Hey, I Like That Game. Today, we're talking about Reseteer at Item Shop's Tale. And we have a guest, Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, our good friend, Race, from Good Company 206 on Twitch. And my coworker, a hell of a nice guy, Race, welcome to the show. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for the warm welcome. Yeah, dude. Uh, thanks for suggesting the game. Uh why are we mm-hmm. playing this? Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. I Okay, so I'm honestly not 100% sure where I heard about it. It was probably Kotaku because I was reading a lot of that back when I would have played it. But I, every time like people are like, oh, what's your, what's your most played game on, on Steam? And it's not, it's not this game. 
Uh, but it's it's like in the top ten. It's it's near the top of the list. Surprisingly, I I, I spent a lot longer on consoles, but uh, I think I had like forty five hours or something on this. Whenever I look, and it's like, why don't I have so much time in this game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but th- this is uh this is a very interesting game. So uh, it came out originally what in like oh seven, and then translated came to the U S later, like a couple years later, right, like twenty ten mm-hmm. or something like that. Um. It looks like a PS1 game, uh, even though that's even though that is way after that era. Uh, it looks like a PS1 game with like JRPG kind of sprites and aesthetic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a genre of game that I, I haven't really played much before. It's like a business simulator. Yeah, business simulator with dungeon diving elements. Yeah, like so. The the thrust of this game is you play as I think I think her name's Reset, uh, who is like the daughter of a, uh, f- I guess like a former shopkeeper because her dad's dead and um, this fairy comes named Tear who is basically like the Tom Nook of, <laughs> of this game that's like the loan shark uh, that is like hey uh, your dad had this debt uh, I'm here to collect it but don't worry. I'll help you make this store thrive so you can pay back all this money you owe me. Um, so it's a really, it's really an mm-hmm. odd couple, uh, reset and tear. Right. Yeah. Like your, your business partner and friend is a fairy who's like threatening to kick you out of your home. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately after her father died. Right. So there's it's like, it is, uh, very weird uh very weird setup there but yeah like the game turns into just that like a business simulator where you need to sell items to make money uh every week i think it is you have to pay x amount of money to tier to make it to the next week uh if you fail to meet that goal it's you you get a game over but you kind of like start the game again um and then um the game's all about like dungeon diving to get items and, and and selling effectively, right? Like that's that's kind of what this game is. Yeah. Um. So okay, just let me know when you're ready for my revelation as to what the actual genre is. Oh, for this hit game. It I, I'm right ready now. for it right now. What, you ready? What, yeah. What is this? Okay. So I had never played a management sim before. I played <laughs> this. I played the uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and there's a there's a management sim in that, and it was just like, oh, this is so addictive. And then when I went back to play Reseteer. I was like, this is a micromanagement sim because you're managing every single sale. Mm-hmm. You're yep. managing all the characters as they actually do stuff. And it was like, this is a micromanagement sim. So I finally understand what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. That, That's my revelation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's like it feels a little bit like persona at times where like you, you kind of have like some relationships you're managing and you're and you're going about town, like kind of meeting people or having like events happen. And then at night... <laughs> quote unquote, like you'll go into the uh, dungeon to go do whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's not like the strongest connection, but for some reason that like came to mind that like I was thinking about persona when, the, when I was playing no, this game. I, I, that makes sense. The, the duality, yeah. the, the juxtaposition, it's got the, the daily slice of life stuff mixed with then dungeon crawling in the off. Yeah. No, I see it. I see it. Yeah. 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 And like, 
this game is all text boxes and like little squawks from the, from the RPG folks, and like it, it feels like it drones on at times. But like, yeah. there's also some like really good like dialogue moments in there. Uh, a couple of good jokes here. Yeah, there's some some wild. I took a screenshot of it. But there's uh, when you're getting like the initial tutorial from the guy who runs the merchant guild, he's like, "Oh, and you can go into the dungeons yes. too, or as the kids call it, getting fat loots." <laughs> it's like weird <laughs> translation localization <laughs> jokes like that. It's uh, this game has personality. So I actually okay, I thought you were going to tell me you screen capped this joke that I mm-hmm. really liked, uh, and it was like, trust me, if you had a wife like mine, you'd be working all the time too. <laughs> Ooh, damn. <laughs> like there was some good stuff with uh reset and tear that was like really hilarious to me like where she's like um hold on i have this uh the house will be seized as collateral in order to pay a loan that's not really good <laughs> oh classic oh, the joke that i wanted that i've <laughs> classic <laughs> classic joke right there uh the thing that uh that like I don't know, made me chuckle when, when they introduce what's, oh, what's her face? The, um, rival store oh, owner is Alouette. Or yeah. Something yeah. Like that. She, when she first comes into your store, she's in an Amazon. Yep. Box. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the same fucking logo. Like that's just an Amazon <sighs> box <laughs> that like, and it was so, like, it was such a weird thing. Cause you, you, you never see that type of movement in your store. So it's like a very like odd thing that, uh, stuck out to me that made me chuckle Mm -hmm. it's good to get the gameplay in perspective so the main gameplay loop is you are basically either through dungeon diving or uh, purchasing through the merchant's guild or market buying items that you are then displaying and reselling at your shop and like the gameplay is people will approach you and you haggle the price um and it's dependent on who buys from you like there's a bunch of different sprites or like stock characters or like unique characters that come in and they all kind of have their own range of price they will pay for something that you have to kind of intuit uh through experience and that can be very frustrating at first to get that uh intuition down of it but then you kind of like get into a groove of it and if you're able to like pitch an acceptable price the first time, you build an experience combo. And if you're not getting that combo going, leveling up is so hard to do. It's it's the worst. And that that's like my main issue with the game is that like you I feel like customers will get randomly mad at you for like no reason. Yes. Like I've sold to the same to the same person the same price without any sort of like modifiers happening in the world and a motherfucker would just like walk out on me. It's like you paid you paid for this at a 19% margin <laughs> 2 weeks ago. And then all of a sudden now it, that is just like blasphemy. Somebody needs it, to give oh, that little God, that somebody is, needs to give that little girl more allowance cuz she is so stingy. Oh my god. She's, she she's the worst. oh yeah she's a cheapskate but then what i think is funny is the owner of like the the rival business like the amazon like walmart store you can charge her exorbitant fees and i like that she's like disconnected from like what the price of things actually is i like that as kind of like a 
uh uh-huh. like a narrative like storytelling like character thing i never took advantage of that because i was always very scared of losing that combo so i was always way under so it was like a little girl comes in it's like 100 percent, like not gonna go over it not even gonna push it <laughs> right you're basically like paying for experience at that point yeah and like and that was something that like i i failed yeah. to do a lot of times like i was never going to I'm always going to sell at a margin. Like it's all like every single time I got to be making money on every one of these transactions. So I would lose out on that combo so frequently. And it's like, Oh, I wish I could just get to a higher level so I can expand my store and do cooler stuff. But I just, I couldn't bear to not sell something at a 19% margin. At least, (laughs) at least. (laughs) (laughs) So, can I can I just check in like like what point how far did you get into the game did you ever have to restart the loop because I think that's the, I maybe did not have the same experience as you but that's probably because I played the game you know 10 years ago Yeah I looped the first time I think I like couldn't make the second payment and then started the loop again and then it happened to me again on the second to last payment cuz I was playing maybe like a little too like, I felt like, oh, I'm probably not going to make it. I think, like, with the way the first one worked, that it just, like, takes you back to the last successful payment. So I was paying, like, playing, like, a little bit conservatively, just like, okay, I'll get some experience. Like, I'll get a little bit of money. So when this loop resets, like, I'll be in, like, a really good spot. But I did not know that it takes you all the fucking way back to the beginning of the game. So on after my second reset... I was, like, very high level. I had a lot of, like, really expensive items in my inventory, and I was able to just completely breeze through the game after that. And it's... So you you did finish it? You got... You made the big payment at the end? Yeah. Well, because... Oh, wow. I, Good job. It was... I don't... I, I'm finding, like... I'm trying to find, like, the best way to describe it, because it, it, the progression in the fail state of the game makes the difficulty curve very wonky so like it, it if you're doing doing this in like one playthrough like with no reset like i think it probably builds fairly well and like i got that but since i failed very late in the game it carries over the experience it carries over the inventory i already had so like I had to like you make that first payment is like what ten thousand dollars, but I already had mm-hmm. in my inventory items that I could resell for more than ten thousand picks or dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So then, for my second reset to like get to the end, it was basically I was just like an autopilot. I had the money saved up, pretty much like right away, and we just had to like kill time until I got to the next payment. So that, it kind of. I don't know if I should have like done like a new game at that point, like and just started completely fresh to try to get a more clean experience because it really wasn't fun going through it after my second reset. It was just almost tedium. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't get that close to finishing it. Um, I was struggling a ton with it, and um, for me, the the frustration of losing my combo so frequently uh, just just really put me off and then on top of that like we really haven't talked about this much but like the the dungeoneering in this game like the the dungeon crawling is so bad i hate it so much 
It sucks. Oh, what? it's so bad. It's so I, bad. The dungeon crawling is so boring. It's so boring. <laughs> I stopped doing it. It's so boring. After the first week, I never, I never went into the dungeon. Like, I would go into the dungeon all the time to to get stuff, right, to to sell. But like, it it was frustrating at the beginning because like I would lose way more often than I should have, and part of that is me not playing patiently and just you know taking stupid hits when i shouldn't have like that's that's on me right but there are things that just randomly happen in this game when you enter rooms sometimes like flying fish will come out of nowhere and smack the shit out of you (laughs) and it's like uh like i just lost a run because of some bullshit that i don't have anything to to counter against it you know like it's just uh it, it is not very fun and then on top of that and part of this is maybe because of how I played it, uh, because I would go into the dungeon so frequently with you know your first character, who's just like kind of a standard you know knight kind of uh, character. Um, yeah. When I got the other unlockable adventurers, they were at such low level that's like oh, I'm never gonna use I'm never mm-hmm. gonna use them. Yeah. I'm never gonna use them because if I lose this this dungeon crawl like if i if i die in there i'm going to lose a bunch of time a bunch of items like it's too risky to experiment with the other characters in this game because i need these items or i'm not going to make the five thousand dollars i need to in the next two days <laughs> to uh pay this fairy off who's gonna who, yeah who may have killed my father i feel like i feel like there's a, a subplot there <laughs> it's not there um the prequel so it's just clear for everybody the the way the dungeon crawling works is it's it's top down almost like a zelda game like a 16-bit zelda game and you're just swiping your sword in in you know cardinal directions um now i found when i was playing it again how the sprite like the the enemy sprites there was like a slime and a bee and then a knight and none of them there's no cohesion between how they look like they look like they're from different games I mm-hmm. found that jankiness endearing. <laughs> Any anything from you guys? No, just straight janky. I don't okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I <laughs> thought it was kind of. I thought it was kind of neat. They had a bomb that was definitely from Final Fantasy. It was like this is just. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the the other thing that I find found really frustrating, especially in the dungeons, is the music is not very good oh. in this game. Um, yeah. And then you just hear it over and over and over again. Um, this mm-hmm. is one of the, I turned mm-hmm. off the audio on this pretty, pretty fast. Um, really did not like the music in this one. Uh, can I also talk about just one thing that is probably, it's probably more my bad than anything else, but just so frustrating is that if you're not paying super duper close attention during, uh, like a, 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 sh- a shopkeep session or whatever, like when you bring people into a store, um, people will try to sell you items too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't yeah. tell you yeah, how yeah. many times I accidentally bought something at a shitty price or um, I, I remember I lost a loop. My first loop I lost because I, I didn't realize this was that, like I wasn't buying it for this price. You know, like I, I did not even realize that. Um, it doesn't do a good job of differentiating the screen when it's a sale versus somebody trying to sell you something. Uh, and yeah, I lost a loot because of that. And that fucking sucks. And like, that's totally, mm-hmm. um, something that can be avoided, you know, uh, 
that's just a really shitty user experience. Yeah, exactly. It's because they, they like there's a text like box that goes before you sell, and it sometimes it doesn't clearly say whether or not the person is looking to buy or sell something. But then like the text above the haggling is either I think like white for buy for selling it to the person, or like yellow for buying it from them. Um, but it's procedurally yeah. generated. So sometimes it's pretty funny where like a housewife will come oh, in yeah. and be like, I found this in my husband's den. And it's like, it's an apple. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like the balls on that guy, he's hiding an apple from me. Or like, oh, this was my grandma's cherished item. And I, I, I got to sell it though. Cause it's... times are getting tough. And it's like a cherry. Yeah. Or it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, t- it's time I moved on. Yeah. So that's funny. That's kind of like, uh, what you were saying with the sprites in the dungeon where like the jank is like kind of endearing there yeah um and i can only imagine they knew that that was going to happen when like they oh yeah they knew come on yeah <laughs> uh so uh in so for me in terms of like uh like did you notice the the gold text or yellow text tony ever because i know it's still easy to miss even if you know it's there but did gold you text that? Was, I, no i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> oh, for when you're when you're buying or selling, because I I would go through the dialogue too fast too sometimes, and I wouldn't catch if it was buying or selling. But the text above where you're putting in the price will be yellow if you're buying. It. Oh, really? Never noticed. I mean, it's not. It took me, it took me a second to realize that. I had that in my initial notes of like, there's no way, there's no easy way to tell if you're buying or selling. And then maybe like after playing this game for like 12 hours, I finally like noticed that. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things that's like, man, that could be way clearer. And like, I, I got mm. my face, right? Like they thought they put something in there, but it was too hard to see, you know, that's uh they never explain that it's there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that is frustrating about it. And I think I actually kind of enjoyed it because I know I, I had to restart at least once when I played it the first time originally. Uh, but this time I managed to get through, but that was because like, you know, over the, fir- the over the course of the first and the second week, it was like, oh, right, I remember, like, going to the dungeon to make money is a terrible idea. You're better off just going to the merchants, buying it. And I don't know if you noticed this one either, Tony, but you, you're buying things from the, the market at, like, 60% of the base cost mm-hmm. anyway. So even if you're selling things for, like, 100%, you're making a lot of money off right. that. It was like, oh, right, right, I just need to go here, buy a ton of crap from the the market go back and sell it and like that's the way to make money and that's because like i also got sidetracked with the dungeon and was like i gotta i gotta spelunk this is how i get my items with no you know right. no, no. Uh, investment yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah after i stopped going to the dungeon i started having more fun with the game and making more money which is it's like yeah. such a flawed such a flawed experience though at least for me where it's like okay one element of this game which is not fun like it's not a fun element of the game so Mm -hmm. i guess it's a good thing that you don't have to really do it but um yeah i just think that that's just really weird i thought it would like fuel the the shopkeeping experience but like to hear that you can basically beat the game without even touching it is like that's that's Mm -hmm. fucked you know but but it is fascinating how like the news becomes like critical to your strategy, you know, yeah. like, so when you're in your store, there'll be a ticker that shows up at the top of the screen. That's like, Hey, uh, candy prices are up and you know, housewives love books or something like that. Like, it's like, it, it'll be like, <laughs> we like something very useful. And then like a weird, whatever, uh, maybe procedurally generated news clip. 
that you can, you know, use that to your advantage when you're buying and selling stuff. Um, and there's like order, there's like an order system too, where people will come in and say like, Hey, uh, sell me three weapons in four days or something like that. Uh, so you can kind of get big sales out of those things. So like, it, that's fun. Yeah. It's a fun little element. Um, yeah, and it it creates like a little bit of um, like maybe randomness to it too, where uh, you can get lucky with items either like becoming low price at a certain time or like then becoming like a high price at a certain time, and you can have like really big swings in profit. So like say like oh treasures are nobody nobody likes them, they're all dumb and nobody wants them, so they're super low. Then somebody comes in with like this really big base price treasure that you can buy for like 20% of the cost and then maybe like three days later it's like everybody's nuts about treasure now and then you can buy that they sell that same item at like a 200% profit so like there's big swings possible there but it feels very outside of the player's control yeah yeah but like you're right it does make for like big fun moments though because like I had I had something like that mm-hmm. like um second pay period or second payment period or whatever. Uh, I bought a ton of candy and then it went up in price. So I sold a bunch of it, made, made some good money, but I was still like five K short, like going in the last 24 hours. Like, Oh my God, this is like, this is going to be the worst. I'm going to have to like loop back again. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. uh, these big ticket items weren't selling until an old guy came in looking for a treasure. And I just happened to have like an old vase and I was like listed for like 26 K or something stupid like that. You know, early game, like that's a shit ton of money. Right. Um, I just so happened to sell it at like a 10% markup. Like I just guessed at it and I cruised through like that in the next payment. And I was like, yes, it's friggin' awesome. You know, like this is, Mm -hmm. this is great. Um, but yeah, that those feelings, at least for me came few and far between um yeah i don't know i sounds like it felt good though it did (laughs) like it it, can yeah the i understand why this game has overwhelmingly positive reviews like i i get it like there's some really cool stuff happening in this game for sure um like i also think like the decorating of your store is is like kind of fun you know it's i feel like it didn't like do a ton for me uh but maybe it's just I didn't experiment with it enough. But it was cool. It was good. Like, they give you a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really yeah. like just, like, the laying out the store and, like, okay, I'm going to put the hot shit in the window. Mm-hmm. So these people come by and they <laughs> yeah. come into the store. And then there's also just, like, the the role-playing part of it. And it's, like, all the books are going to go on the left side. And all the food stuff is going to go in my vending machine. And all my treasures are going to go in the center table. <laughs> And that way, when they walk around, they'll always be in the eyesight of the treasure. And it's like, it isn't, that's not how the game works. But it's like, I, you know, that's, I have to, I have to get into the role. You know, I'm, I'm role playing as the item shopkeeper. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of headcanon that happened in my store as well. Like, yeah, same. Uh, my store was, it was more centrally a deli. Like, I always have food in the window. Yeah. Get food in the window. Get people in there. And then it's like, whoa, so you want you want some cherries? But we also have a, tr- uh, what was that, Thank thankful statue? Is that is that like the standard treasure thing? Like, yeah, the thankful <laughs> statue. I got thankful statue statues. Yeah. Um, you know, I got one of I, these in the corner, so hey. So I think it 
can respond to your buying patterns and selling patterns. I'm not sure if this was just like completely random or if this happened to me, but when I was doing like my final playthrough, I had just like a ton of money and I was just kind of trying to like maintain. So what I would do is I would buy a lot of strawberry shortcake just to like stock mm. the store because it was like a good sales thing. A lot of people always come in looking for foodstuffs. And then after a few days of basically like only selling strawberry shortcakes, when the news flashes is like, People are sick of strawberry shortcakes, prices down. So I think there is some response there. I tried forcing, forcing it again with um with ham sandwiches, uh, but I didn't get a, a response there. But granted, that was like at the very end, so I didn't have too many days going forward. So that'd be like a cool thing to try to like, if it does respond fully to that, that's like really cool. But I wish that was a bit more like it laid out in the game like explicitly stated in the game if that is like actually what happens and then you could like take advantage of that that would be really cool yeah totally agree i like the the biggest flaw in this game to me is the lack of information that it gives to the players you know like give me something to say you know like some sort of indication of like maybe past behavior or like hey um here's a sweet zone for like selling this item you know like give me some sort of information some feedback because so much of this game is just experimentation and then mm-hmm. like understanding the patterns i guess of like each individual customer and kind of what you can get away with and stuff and i i don't know i wish there was just more it would spell out to me as the player um mm-hmm. but i also understand that part of the fun for a lot of people is discovering that stuff on their own and um and kind of like learning the game like that, I guess. Um, I just wish it was more explicit uh, with a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I, it was weird because it was like, like I felt like there's feels like there's something missing here. But then when I figured it out, it was like, oh, like you know, that I did get that you know little dopamine hit because I figured something out. But it also makes me wonder, like, okay, so this game was made in 2007. It's like, were games good about explaining that stuff in 2007? Because the <laughs> game looks older than it is. Yes. So that it's uh-huh. like throws me off, and it's like because it's in three by four, and by then you know everything was in widescreen. The Xbox 360 HD games have been out for a long time, and like just to give you an idea of like how old, antiquated looking it is even for the time. But it, yeah, I keep wondering, like, was this like, uh, did? Were games shitty about doing this back then? Like, is this, is this typical? <laughs> I feel I feel like this game is just like uh, a scrappy indie game that you know was made by like a small yeah. team that had a cool idea and were barely stitching the game together. You know, like that's what this game feels like. It feels as scrappy as Reset herself trying to pay back <laughs> this loan. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of like personal personal elements tied into how this game is made um but yeah you all got student loan debt yeah right exactly <laughs> right well no i'm, I'm serious I'm, that's like it hits home like for real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like her attitude like waking up every day she goes to the sale and she's like capitalism ho and it's like that is how i feel and it's like i have graduated from school and now i am i am in the capitalist machine and she she inspires me to be more optimistic about it. just like yeah capitalism i'm out here making money right right you can, i i could see that read i could see that read on this mhm um yeah it's a uh, yeah just if, if a bit of it was more 
explicitly stated or yeah it was just like a bit clearer there that would have been great because like it it does it is an interesting kind of game mechanic and it is interesting to have that control over like what you sell and like what's required of you and like when prices are low and prices are high that like makes a a fun like change to what you need to do with your shop but like just a little bit more just a little bit more like behind the scenes information for mm-hmm. the player i yeah. think would have really made this game uh, a deeper experience yeah i i think this is like a brilliantly designed game behind like tons of experimentation and gameplay time with its systems that like if you can shorten that piece of it get you to the good stuff about this game if you get there faster i think this would be a much better experience also if the combat wasn't dog shit that would also make this game better um but i i just couldn't yeah just like if they didn't do the dungeon diving and maybe like focused on making the mark like the item shop situation more deep and robust that would have been i think ideal yeah yeah i mean the 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 fun part was definitely running the item shop surprisingly because you yeah. know less little less action oriented but that's that's the part that felt better yeah i actually didn't think the dungeon diving was that bad but we can we can move on to that in a second but i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna stand for the dungeon diving fair, fair enough fair enough i i will say though that the the gameplay loop here of like running the shop like that part of it was good enough in this game to make me like search out other games like this so um my touch point with this game was always moonlighter like that was the game that i heard about that was like kind of set up in a format like this i think that game came out like three or four years ago now similar kind of setup of a game where like you're running an item shop but then going into dungeons to get items to sell in your shop so like i guess maybe i came into Resetir thinking that that was the setup of this game too, when it's not, you know, it's almost like um, Moonlighter puts more emphasis on the combat and the dungeon part of it and not so much the, the merchant part. Whereas Resetir's on the other side of it, where it's way more weighted on the shop and less on the dungeoneering part of it. Um, and you can like feel that in uh, Moonlighter as well. Like, I like the dungeoneering way more, but like the selling mechanic, like actually running your store in that game is not nearly as fun. And like, it doesn't have like the lighthearted nature of, of reset tier. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's it, that game is missing something too. It's like missing a piece. Like if you could jam those two games together for me, I would be like super duper happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know how much. What? Uh, how much Moonlighter did you play? I played probably. I've played like ten hours so far of that. Um, mm. So got through the first uh, first dungeon and a half. I didn't beat the second dungeon, uh, but you know, like I have like my my store a little you know pimped out and you know figuring out how to craft new weapons and and, and make my dungeoning experience better. Um, yeah, I that game's interesting. Have you played it, Race? Yeah, I thought it sucked. <laughs> I like I was, as I was playing it, I was like, I could be playing Resetir right now. See, and yeah. it's like it's, it made me mad how like it's like oh man, like people were talking about Moonlighter. It's so good, and it's like no one talked about Resetir when it came out, and everybody's talking about Moonlighter, and that game is not as good. I, yeah, I like 
I wish, I wish Moonlighter handled the shop the mm-hmm. same way because like I like the idea in Moonlighter where you can open your store as long as it's uh early enough in the day you open your store and you get a constant stream of uh customers coming in so as long as you have inventory to kind of move you can move a ton of like stuff quickly right I love that element uh of it but the selling mechanic is not nearly as fun, probably because of the constant stream of customers. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, God. I wish I wish Moonlighter had the selling of Resetier, and I really wish Resetier had the fighting, you know, uh, of Moonlighter. Oh, just one. Okay, weird. This is this is the thing that just drove me away from Moonlighter, and I'm curious if you noticed it. Oh, are you? What are you playing it on? Uh, PC. PC. Yeah. So okay, I got the Switch version, and it's like you can move up, down, left, right. You can't really move diagonally, but if you move up, you can kind of like list slightly to the left or right, like in any direction. You can kind of like arc a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's the it's the weirdest feeling thing. And it's like, why won't you just let me move diagonally? And it's like <laughs> it's just like this weird kind of like just like a slight like five degree curve on the it doesn't make any sense and i i did not like the way that felt at all did you notice that Uh, i don't i don't notice that exact thing but it definitely doesn't uh it doesn't feel smooth all the time um i i wish it was better in its movement and i wish it gave you uh a little more to experiment with early on because it feels like it's difficult to unlock the different types of weapons early um, until you start to really understand the um, how you can manipulate chests and your bag to like get the right stuff I guess um, but I don't know it what about the the dungeon diving in Resetier was really makes you like made you like it race like what was it that like did it for you there so I felt like it's like it's simple, but it to me, I mean, compared to Moonlighter, at least like it controlled well enough. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I think maybe part of it for me was like I, I've done this with other games too, where it's like I'm not really digging this, so I just play it in a little different way. So I just would run through the dungeons as quickly as possible, and I was like, I'm just gonna play this like it's a like I'm speed running it, and that mm-hmm. actually was pretty enjoyable because I was just like running through like hitting guys as quickly as possible, and there's a little bit of like managing your sp and it's like okay so if i level up right here before i get to the boss i'll have all my mp back and that way i can do all my stuff and it's like oh i can do double damage on this floor so i'm gonna like farm here for a little bit longer like i actually thought like i mean honestly like most action games aren't that complicated and i feel like this is just like a it's like stripped down to like the essentials of just like yeah this is what combat is like you run up and you hit a button and you just don't you hit them and you don't get hit and it's like it's like yeah that's you know that's that's really in a lot of ways that's what every game is Mm mm-hmm I I could see that I, I I could see I could I could see that I don't agree but I could say I understand yeah I, uh, I can see where you're coming from on thinking it's not good right so right <laughs> I get that um like there are elements of reset tier that I think like if if somebody remade this game or made like a sequel it could be like incredible for me like we've already talked to like I mm-hmm. I would rather I would have a better battle system there um but. Like if it was like more mobile friendly, I feel like pre-COVID times when I would be sitting on the bus or the train, you know, public transiting to work, uh, I would love to be able to sit down with this and like run my store for like 
30 minutes, you know, like that would be awesome. Um, that could be like a, a great little feature for a game like this, but then like lean into like roguelike elements too, like make it, make it more like if you loop the next time you come around, it's like completely randomized, you know, like almost like make it more like Hades, which I guess like, that's not, that's not fair to say because Hades is so great. And I like, I wish all games were like Hades. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, if you, <laughs> if you leaned into like making this more of like a run based game and then made that like fail state somewhere where like, okay, you set back at the beginning of the calendar and you have to hit your deadlines for payments, but like you'll bring stuff forward. And that's part of like the story. I guess this game kind of tries to do that, but like, I wish it could be, uh, like that i I wish like i I wish like there was more like of a thread of a story that would like keep me going in this game uh like like hades can do like run to run yeah um but yeah like it also you could like make it like rogue legacy right where like every time you fail next generation is set is like saddled with your debt and you have a new shopkeeper (laughs) that's like tangentially yeah i love that like they're tangentially related to the og shopkeep like Uh, But they're, like, randomly created. Like, you could have the second shopkeeper be, like, a son. The third shopkeeper is, like, a weird uncle. The one after that is, like, they sold the shop to somebody else. So, like, it just, like, you could just do random shopkeeps that way. Um, You could even keep... I love that idea. Yeah. Like, I would love love something like that. Like, make it a little more goofy. But then that way, you could focus more on, like shop stuff like in between like improving your shop uh generation to generation um Mm -hmm. but yeah i feel like i keep thinking about things that could be good about this game but i think i don't love the game that it is if that makes sense yeah yeah i mean it's it's i i can appreciate that you like you like some of the hooks but it has problems and that's i think that's pretty fair yeah uh Jake, did you so you finished the game? Did you play any of the post game? I did not know. Okay. Uh, there's like a pretty insane like hard mode in this, right? Uh, I think there's like a, there's an endless like crushing debt mode where you keep having to make payments. Um, <laughs> I think I spent some time doing the um, the endless mode. So after after you finish the game, you can keep playing and just like level up your shop more and just keep playing the game without having to worry about debt. And I did that for a while. And before we stop, I'm not sure how much longer you guys want to oh. go, but before we stop, I do want to talk about the uh, like the actual story in the game and the dialogue and the writing. Did, there is you followed the whole story of this game. I'm I'm ready for a race lore session. I tr- I tried, but maybe around like week two, I was just like, okay, no, I'm skipping these and I'm skipping these events. <laughs> uh, yes, let's let's uh, hear it, race. I, I this is gonna be great. Oh, I mean, I didn't like. Um, I didn't I didn't play any of the post game either, but there's like there's there are a lot of actual little interesting threads. Like there uh it's like there's some interspecies uh uh like racism. I don't know. I I, I hate okay. Uh, a side gripe. Uh in fantasy when it's like elves and humans are different races and it's like they're not different races, different species, like I don't know what like, it feels weird to call them different races. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um and so like you you meet like a demon at one point and she like the demon is like boy these fairies like you're just being like totally subservient to these humans like i don't know how you can do that and then it's like there's it, the the fairies apparently like they hate the humans but they're like doing it anyway for some reason like humans destroy their culture and there's like 
there, there's actually a lot of like for how light the game is like there's a lot of kind of interesting narrative threads they're not like they're not amazing but it's like there's more there than i would have expected at the outset or than i did expect and also okay this is um i've played a couple games recently nobody else seems to have these issues with the games uh but one of them was uh skull the hero slayer um and there was some other one too and i, I think they're both made by chinese companies but like Man, it's like Skull the Hero Slayer looks cool, but the the writing in it is it just like it's so like the translation, the localization is just really bad and it feels just like flat and kind of heartless. And Resetier like mm. for how indie the game is, like they must have spent a lot of money on the localization because I think the localization is actually really good. I yeah, I completely agree. I will absolutely I give it agree. kudos on that. Yeah. I I have it written down in my notes multiple times that like props to the localization team you know it's uh right they do a good job like giving vo- like specific voice to characters you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everybody feels like very unique like the i think it brings in the tone of the kind of characters they wanted to make which is a difficult thing to translate and this game does it very well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I actually have a friend who does he does translations for uh for Atlas and well in Sega. Ooh. Uh Atlas and Sega. I can't remember exactly which. But he's like it's it's always really fun talking to him about like uh the like the challenges that they they have and I always want to ask him like, so they made a joke here about fat loot. Do you have any guesses as to <laughs> what that joke was originally? Because it's like, how far off is that kind of a right. thing? Like, were they making some kind of internet reference there too, or is it like completely different kind of joke? Yeah, uh-huh. that's fascinating, actually. Yeah, I, I've thought about that before too. Like, what were they talking about in the original that made them get to this? You know, mm-hmm. um, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, do you guys ever listen to 8-4 Play? I have listened to that show. Yeah, they're they're great. I haven't no. Yeah, it's and I like I just like uh not to get too down too far down the localization rabbit hole, but just like the different approaches to localization and styles of localization. And I would say I lean I, I favor this one more where it seems a little more in the spirit or it's an emphasis on like good English writing than like a little less on like super accurate translation. Right. And I think 8-4 Play is really interesting because if you play any of the games they've translated, like some of the Fire Emblem ones, they feel a little stiff, but I'm sure it's because they're a more accurate translation. Uh, I, I just, yeah, that, 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 all that stuff is really interesting to me. Hmm. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, the, this game's got a lot of layers to it. Like, I, I didn't realize we would talk about this game as much as we did, <laughs> you know? Um, this game is, this game is fascinating, I'll say. Like, that... I don't know if I like it. It's fascinating. <laughs> it is a gem, and you are okay, Tony. Would you say you you feel like a better person knowing about it now, like that it's in your gaming lexicon, like Reseteer? Yes, absolutely. I know that. Yeah, game. absolutely, absolutely. Like I, I am glad I had this experience. Um, I like same thing with like um, total annihilation. Total annihilation. That's what it was. <laughs> Um, like yeah. I'm glad I played that game cause I could say that I've played it and like, it's interesting what it was doing. Um, but did I like the experience? No, like it, um, I get why people like this. It's not for me. There's interesting things happening in this game, but 
at the end of the day, this isn't a game for me. And I, I think the flaws outweigh the positives, at least in my own book. Uh, yeah. So I guess, I guess that leads us into like our, <laughs> our ratings. I give you guys didn't guess it. Uh, Hey, I don't like this game. Unfortunately race. Um, hey i don't like this game race 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 (laughs) thank you for uh for suggesting this game race (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're welcome uh what jake what about you i my so this is also a hey i don't like this game but i'm not as this one was a little tougher for me to come down on that um because there is stuff in there that is engaging and like those swings in the market are pretty fun and like the gameplay loop is is interesting like this game has a does this game does a lot and the genre of it uh, that i think it was just basically pioneers has a lot of interesting potential and i wish somebody would do something more with it would kind of polish it would just completely omit the dungeon diving and give like the player more control over the market itself this is a super interesting game and like race like you you were saying i am i'm happy this is now a game in my like gaming vocabulary this is something i'm super duper glad i played um but i i i didn't really like it (laughs) That's fair, Jake. I'm glad you uh, you appreciated the the art at least. Yeah, I felt like I appreciate I, I, what like, they were trying to do. It's like if if I made Tony play a bad game, it's like eh, sorry, Tony. But if I made you play a bad game, I'd be like, oh man, like ah, oh, god. <laughs> I was a little nervous coming into this that you both were just going to be like, God, this was a waste of time. No, no, no. Race, no. give me my 15 hours back. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> De- like. Something that you just said, Jake, uh, totally made me think of something else about this game. Like, um, I hope people make more games like this, you know, like mm-hmm. make, take more swings at this type of game. It's almost like, uh, remember that game, uh, Shadow of War that had that nemesis system in it, you know, like, um, yeah, like a, that's a core foundation of a game that you build around. And I would have thought a ton of other companies would have aped that by now, but maybe there's something else going on that makes it difficult to do. It was, that. It was patented. The oh, game that's right. Was patented. That's right. That's right. But like, wh- which what, whole different story? But you know, but ugh. what? But like, what I'm getting <laughs> crazy. At, what I'm getting at is like the core gameplay loop of this game is like there's something sweet there, just like the Nemesis system. Like there's something yes. sweet there. I just I want a different candy coating around that ooey gooey sweet center. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just want, <laughs> I want something else there. Um, race. What is your, uh, wh- where, where do you fall on this game? Uh, I mean, you mean probably pretty clear. Hey, I still like this game. There you go. Um, I think one of the biggest things though, is because I played it before, I didn't hit as many roadblocks as you. Mm-hmm. And I think when I played it originally, it was at a time in my life where like I had more time to like like that sh- that stuff wouldn't have been as big of an issue. Um, so I think I got to work through the crappy parts when I was younger. Didn't really care as much. And now this time, I think I just had a better experience because I had a little more insight into the systems. Um, I feel like if if I if I 
had an experience like you're describing, I probably would not be very positive on the game. Uh, but as it is, it was just like, oh yeah, this is, this is a good time. And like, you know, like I got to engage with the parts of the game that I liked because I understood how the game worked a little better. Right. A hundred percent. Like, uh, we, yeah. get, we get into this a lot with this podcast, like going back to games, like, uh, the Grandia two perfect example where I really enjoyed a lot about that game, but coming back to it, you know, with, you know, with glasses on, I guess, or like hindsight 2020, there are things here that I don't enjoy about it that, you know, sour my opinion on it. But like a lot of JRPGs of this time don't always like respect your time a ton, I guess. Like, uh, and I feel like that's a problem in this game too, where it's like, it feels like this game does is not respecting my time. It, it wants me to spend a lot of time with it to understand it. And once you do that, you can like fall in love with it. It's almost like, uh, what people say about like Dota two, you know, like you don't really start playing the game. until you have a thousand hours or something into it. And it's like, I don't like stuff like that, you know, get, get me to the fun before that. Um, mm-hmm. so I feel like that's a problem with this game is that, uh, like you said, race, if, if, if I would have played this at a time where I could throw, you know, 30 hours at a game like this uh, and not have it like destroy my life. <laughs> like uh, it would be better <laughs> be, for sure. Be missing zoom meetings and stuff playing reset here. <laughs> Can't be having that. Um, uh, has it inspired you guys to look at, I mean, I know it, you're looking at Moonlighter, but like, there are, you know, there are management sims, right? Just like strictly like no dungeon crawling, like they are just you are running an item shop kind of a thing. Have you guys looked into anything like that? I, have I haven't, but uh, I would definitely want to check out some uh, if there are recommendations out there, which you can send to us at hey, I like that game at gmail.com. Hey, that's a good segue, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I, th- I think that I think that does. Unless Race, do you have anything else you want to say about Resetir? <laughs> you got any plugs? Yes, they are both they are both good company. Two hundred six. Uh, we stream on Sunday nights around eight o'clock usually, except tonight because I had an attic. Uh, but I took a bunch of Tylenol for you. Oh, you know, um, like I, just, I needed to be here. I knew that. I appreciate it. Uh, and then uh, yeah, we we post the videos on YouTube also. Just good company. Two hundred six. Two hundred six is because uh, I'm from Seattle. Two hundred six is the area code. Damn. There you go. Uh, I joined you guys for a uh, game of the year discussion. That was super fun. Yeah. It was super fun. Friend of the show, Tony. Oh, great. And now, and now you are friends of our show. Weird stranger, Jake. <laughs> awesome stranger, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, thanks. Speaking of Jake. Speaking of weird strangers, <laughs> what's our social media stuff? Wait, so we got uh, Twitter at like that game. <laughs> Email us at heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. Send your requests like Race did, and maybe we'll play them on the podcast, uh, and you can guess as well. Uh, But make sure you send emails to uh, heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. Twitch, heyilikethatgame. What else? Is that it? I think that's everything. We got Facebook. Just search heyilikethatgamepodcast. But the, the email is actually the source of our our next game tony oh really what, so what do we got here jake you you probably you might have read this email so um this is a, a game request from my my lovely lovely fiance who has informally requested this game for about two and a half years or so <laughs> um and, but she finally sent finally sent the email 
So she sent, uh, hi, favorite podcast hosts. It's a bit plural, so she's including you in there, Tony. Yes! Uh, can I request you play the Game Boy Advanced game, Hamtaro Ham Ham Games, sometime? <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts on the fun mini-games in there. Love, your number one fan. Oh, so, uh, yes. Tony, we are playing the Game Boy Advance, um, obscure hit classic <laughs> game uh ham taro ham ham games <laughs> well, okay so we just went from pretty dang ex- obscure to like what the <laughs> fuck obscure i can't <laughs> we're keeping things in like the weird uh like unknown yes i think this is based on like a uh, hamster oriented anime um but uh thanks to thanks to me being at my uh my future in-laws place i now have a physical copy of hamtaro ham ham games probably (laughs) one of three that exists still in the world (laughs) awesome like uh i i don't want to spoil too much of our future podcast but i've actually seen more of the hamtaro anime than i'd like to admit oh (laughs) god i cannot wait for you to talk more about that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god this is gonna be ridiculous Uh, well great uh oh geez well well thanks again for joining us race thank you so much uh this was a pleasure uh and jake as always live life passionately love each other unconditionally and play video games thanks everybody have a great night you know just have the best night you'd be so good little hamsters big adventures oh my god ham taro Race, do you have any idea what uh, this game is? Um, I looked playing? it up, and uh, right now on eBay, you can get it for $59.99 plus $5 shipping. Or best offer. <laughs>Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you like the show, please give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You know, every little bit helps. Hashtag propagate the pod.